Welcome to Finding the Faith with me, your host, Frida Donnelly, where we explore what matters. Whether it's traversing someone's faith journey, diving deeper into doctrine, or simply enjoying Christian fellowship, I aim to focus on the good and the beautiful to provide you with some respite from the world. If you'd like to join us live, check out Finding the Faith on Rumble every Tuesday at 7 p.m. Eastern. All the links are in the show notes down below. Please remember to rate and subscribe, and I'll see you on the other side. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Finding the Faith. I'm your host, Frida Donnelly. Are you ready to explore what matters? Tonight, I am so excited to have Annalise, feminine, not feminist, on my podcast. She has been a source of inspiration to me before she even knew that I existed. And I'm so excited she gets to talk to her tonight. Let me know in the chat how y'all are doing. And I wanted to make sure that I thank you for all of the prayers, for all of the stuff that's going on on the back end over here. So thank you so, so much. And let's get into another edifying episode of Finding the Faith. If you haven't yet, please make sure to subscribe and smash that like button. Okay. Hey, Annalise, how are you doing tonight? Good, good. Thanks for having me. Of course. Thanks for coming on. So to get things started, what were your first memories of religion? Oh, my first memories. So I grew up in a Christian home and I grew up in church. Um, Weirdly enough, I think my first memories, the thing that pops into my mind is communion. Um, Mm -hmm. Because my parents, communion would come by and my parents would be like, no, you can't take that. And I was like, why? I, I want a snack on Sunday, you know? <laughs> and yeah. they were like, you need to you need to accept Jesus. And so that night I went home. I was like, all right, I need to do this thing. I need to accept Jesus so that I can have a snack on Sundays. And um, <laughs> that was my first, like, I don't cry. I was actually born again. But that's a memory mm-hmm. I have um, pretty pretty early on because I, I was pretty attracted to the, the measly cracker and the little bit of grape juice. So... <laughs> That's adorable. (laughs) Can you share a bit about your background and upbringing within the context of your faith? Yes. So I have a beautiful family. I have like the most amazing parents. I am uh, great friends with them and uh, they're just a huge part of my life to this day. So they both have a relationship with the Lord. Um, I can remember, you know, like Wide on his knees in prayer, like he didn't know we were watching, but I saw that. Um, mm-hmm. And I grew up going to a conservative Baptist church. It wasn't fundamentalist. Um, it was it was more mega churchy vibes, but Baptist. Um, okay. And it was we had a really good pastor for my first years there, and so I got really good teaching um, when I was younger. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of my. And that's my church background upbringing wise, but I started attending a Presbyterian church when I was 17. Um, So I went from a conservative Baptist to a Presbyterian. And that's pretty much been the only places I've been. Uh, I've settled in Christianity. So, Mm -hmm. yeah. And now what denomination are you now? And how does that you know, feelings wise differ from what you grew up as. 
Yeah. Um, so I'm in, uh, I generally don't share my denomination just because I, it's a privacy thing and I don't want someone to find okay. it, but I'm happy to describe it. Um, but it's a reformed Presbyterian denomination is, uh, like Presbyterian is the, the government. Um, mm-hmm. it comes from the Greek word for elder presbyteros, but anyway, you don't need to know that. Basically, no, I'm fascinated by that. Tell me. <laughs> okay. I don't really know what a Presbyterian um, is. Yeah, no. So here's the thing. There's conservative and there's liberal Presbyterian. So you, mm-hmm. I kind of have to clarify um, because uh, there are Presbyterian churches that, like are um, they don't able to face the resurrection mm-hmm. and they're doing that's not the denomination. And my denomination mm-hmm. came out of the liberalism of the 1920s and the 1930s and said, no, we affirm these historical Christian doctrines. Um, and then other features of Presbyterian churches that are very different from baptism is, uh, or from baptism, from Baptist churches is that we baptize infants. Um, mm-hmm. So like my son was baptized, but we don't have like a Catholic view of it. Uh, we also see like the Lord's Supper as being a sacrament and being like Jesus, true body and blood in a spiritual sense, but still mm-hmm. different, not in, in a substantiation sense okay um some like distinctives and then it's very mm-hmm. like calvinistic and so uh the teachings are going to be more um uh sovereignty of god predestination um just, like more of an emphasis on that so that's okay. where i myself when i was 17 my husband how did you meet your husband if you don't mind sharing yeah, so um, I met him at this church. Technically, like I had seen him once, mm-hmm. maybe twice, and uh, but a bunch of us were playing ultimate frisbee, and mm-hmm. uh, he he came up to me during a water break and he said, "What's your name and what do you want to do with your life?" And I was like, "My name is Annalise, and I want to do missions. I want to teach English on the border of China and North Korea. Mm-hmm. And what do you want to do?" And he said same and I I was like I, I, I went home that night and I was like Heidi I told my sister I was like I might have met the man God wants me to marry but at the time I wasn't really attracted to him mm-hmm. <laughs> and so um I was actually interested in someone else who I ended up dating a lot and uh asked that the Lord if he wanted to marry mm-hmm. that he would make me attracted to him and I looked over at him to ask a question or something and he smiled and I was like <laughs> like it was like it just in an instant like, like I was attracted to him. <sighs> yes and I've been attracted yeah. to him ever since like it was just like, in an instant love to see it and so yeah it was just like kind of a like I, I was praying about it I was like Lord if you want me to marry him I, I need to be attracted to the man I marry and bam mm-hmm. so um yeah, it's kind of a, and then, but then we didn't date for a while. Um, he was trying to go to China. Like he was actually planning to go. Um, mm-hmm. And he was also, he's six years older than me. And when I was like 18, 19, I was like, I don't age that much. Um, so, mm-hmm. but we finally made our way to each other and we got married. Oh, that's wonderful. How long after getting married did you have your first little one? Uh, let's see. He was born three and a half years after we were married. So, um, 
Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. You have such a precious family. Thank you. Um, <laughs> yeah, we are working on, you know, making it a family of three instead of just a family of two right now. Yeah. Yeah. So, it can take yeah. time. And like we, uh, we, uh, my husband wanted to wait and I didn't want to wait. And so, and then when we did start trying, took a few months. So I ended up having kids later than I thought we would, but it, it all worked out. I wouldn't, I mean, it just, it really all worked out. So yeah. yeah. God's ways are always better than our ways. Even when we're like, yes, I want that baby now, baby fever. <laughs> yeah. Me from the wedding day. Like I wasn't, I was, you know, but my husband's like, oh, I'd like to have some time together. Let's give it a year. And then a year went by and he's like, let's give it more time. So two years went by. And then finally, uh, finally we started trying a couple years after marriage, but yeah. <laughs> nice. In the chat, um, ooh, is anyone having problems with families breaking in and out? Let me know if that's an ongoing issue and we will try to make sure that's all good. Um, and then they're also saying that, oh, here it is here. Um, they're also saying that some of our other friends in the chat are also currently trying to conceive. And they're like, I'm an impatient person too when it comes to that. Oh, man. No, and with our first, and then because I was breastfeeding uh, mm -hmm. our first, it took like almost two years to get pregnant a second time. Um, so I completely, yeah, it, it can take a lot. <laughs> so, yeah. 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 So kind of a little sidetrack here. Um, what are your views on birth control? Uh, my views are, how do I say this? I am hesitant to talk about it for this reason, mm -hmm. because I'll say what I think. But if someone asks me like in a Q&A on Instagram, I don't like giving what I think because I know that when I was in the situation where I wanted to start trying to have a family, I would have seen some other woman's opinion uh, or conviction. Mm -hmm. I filtered that through my husband. Now I need to go change my husband. So that's the only reason I don't share it. But I personally see no... Uh, reason to other than like if either severe health problems or something like that um and mm -hmm. i would never did hormonal birth control um only like non-hormonal non-hormonal methods mm -hmm. um and uh i would never go on hormonal birth control and uh can you please not do that sweetheart can you please put those books back yeah one thing he he was playing with books and he dropped one on his toe. It's all good. I hope his little toe is okay. Come here. Come here. Come here. Come here. I, I can fix it. So in, she will be back in just a moment, folks. Um, but yes, to talk about it a little bit more, I definitely am against, you know, birth control. I know that getting off of it myself has been a little bit of a struggle, but, you know, it's so much better for our bodies when we don't interfere with them in that way. Exactly. Susie Q in the chat says just the history of birth control too. It's like from such an evil place. 
I'm here again. Is your little show okay, Sorry. bud? Is he okay? Hmm. He needed some kisses. Uh, yeah, so yeah, I, I need kisses too when I, I drop never, stuff on my toe. Yeah, no, it's awful. Um, I never liked the idea of preventing because mm-hmm. um, I knew going into marriage that like not everyone just gets pregnant right away. And mm-hmm. so I was like, why are we preventing? We don't even know if I can get pregnant. Like, it makes sense to me. Um, yeah. So logically, I was like, like, no, you you just try as much as you can. You, you have no idea. Um, and my husband was more like, no, like, you're going to get pregnant on the first try. Like, we got to be so careful. And so, like, it's kind of hard to work out. And once we get yeah. to the point where, like, you know, like, our, our first, our marriage has had turbulent times so every time there was like instability it was like ah i don't want to bring a kid into this um but yeah we figured it out yeah <laughs> and he is very very cute proof of that <laughs> yes <laughs> he's a sweetheart <laughs> um so getting back to it um in what ways has your faith impacted your daily life decision-making and how you go about interacting with others? Yeah. Um, so you mentioned interacting with others and I would say I can answer that one first. Um, I, are you asking in the context of like my page or just in general or in general and, and in your page, either one. Yeah. Um, I guess in terms of, on social media because that's like we're all on social media here <laughs> um i started to notice uh a while ago that i was very prone to being defensive and like non-correctable and uh just so i guess defensive is the right word and one of the policies that i've tried to incorporate with myself others which is directly influenced by my faith is like, just uh, assume the best of people, even if they're saying, obviously people have terrible things, but yeah. so often when we're interacting with people on social media or not on social media, um, we're so quick to get triggered by just a little bit of disagreement. And in, uh, you know, like your heart's racing and you're like feeling so many feelings about it. And it's such a weird physiological thing because it shouldn't be that. So I don't know. God has really helped me to uh, to just see uh, a, a, a person who happens to disagree with me and to not get defensive and see them as like an enemy. Um, mm-hmm. And it's really helped me respond more intelligently in conversations. Uh, if I'm not defensive, then I actually have time to think about what I'm saying. And then I'm actually better at communicating and I'm more likely to convince the person, uh, especially if there's no bit towards them I'm just you know <laughs> thanks yeah. for sharing your perspective we see this really differently and if you don't mind I'd like to share my perspective with you but just super non-charged anyway that's that's an uh you know uh, yeah how I interact with others that has been like wonderful um but yeah I mean everything is under the like quorum deo like before the face of God uh mm-hmm. and uh you know, I was just talking to my husband about this yesterday. It's just like, we're talking about something I want to do. Mm-hmm. I wanted to having some difficulty with something. And I said, my hands are tied because all my options here are unlawful. And so I just have to 
sit with this feeling that I have, you know? Uh, mm-hmm. And it was like, it was, it was, and he was like, well, that's progress because he was like, you're, you're not turning to sin to cope with this. And you're not turning to, to, to things that God, you know, says, don't do yeah. that. You're just sitting with your feelings. And I was like, you know, you're right. I don't want to sit with these feelings, but I'm going to sit with them because I can't sin, you know? So, uh, yeah. I, I mean, I don't know if that really, it was, it was a big question. So I just kind of answered that. It really does. It does for sure. <laughs> Now, as a content creator, yeah, for sure. I mean, that's definitely really helpful. And I can definitely see that, you know, because I've been following, I want to say that, like, I've been following you on Instagram since, like, 2020, something like that. That's when I started it. Yeah. And so even back before I was, you know, I hesitate to say back before I was religious because I never stopped believing in God. But I was just mm-hmm. like, I just broke out of a cult. I need some time. <laughs> and then yeah. I took the time and then, you know, got back on track. And your page really helped me to do that because I was like, well, I'm already doing like the traditional wife stuff. I'm already doing this and like seeing what benefits there are from that. I might as well, you know, see what benefits there are from, you know, the religious aspect of things as well. And yeah, yeah. yeah. your page is actually what got me Together. back into reading the Bible. Cool. That's awesome. Yeah. Now, as a content creator, what tips do you have for evangelizing and sharing the gospel's truth with your followers? Um, so I, I mean, my DMs are, I, I make it a policy to respond to DM unless it's, you know, a scammer, you know, something mm-hmm. horrible. Like, yeah. Um, and lot of opportunity in the dms like if someone's like could you talk more about like how do you do this and i'm like well like i, I can't do this uh like I, I see that i'm a christian so from a christian perspective here like this isn't something i can just do i need the holy spirit um or and a lot of times i am talking to already christians but sometimes i'm not mm-hmm. and um so i would say the dms are probably the best place for me to interact with people and share the gospel um mm-hmm. and then It'll be in my post. I mean, everything is like, like I breathe Christian air. So even if mm-hmm. my post isn't anything explicit, uh, it's like assumed. Yeah, you can't do any of this like without the power of the Holy Spirit. Um, yeah. But then I realized I was like, I need I push people. So I did a post on what is the gospel, and I pinned that on my page. So now people can. Okay. She- yeah. I attract like a lot of different. Well, I think maybe some people think like more new age because I'm, well, sometimes I dress kind of hippie-ish and I talk about like masculine mm-hmm. feminine dynamics. So I, maybe pe- people think that I'm like, like a polarity person or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. So I was like, I should clarify this. So, uh, but I would say the DMs are probably the best place to just talk to people. I don't like, like my comment sections are just like not fun for me in the same way that like mm-hmm. DMs are really, really fruitful. Yeah. Yeah. I can definitely relate to that. <laughs> yeah. No, and ensuring that you're not in an echo chamber, how do you handle individuals of different religions or no religion gathering in kind of as part of your online community that kind of like flock to you? I, I, I want them to be there. Like I have people that will insult me or whatever. I don't block them. Uh, and and I, I'll thank them for their sharing their thoughts because I think it's a it's one, it's a way for me to practice what I preach about not being defensive because mm-hmm. sometimes I still get triggered and I'm like, 
I don't need to be like this person is hurting somewhere in Timbuktu and I don't need. So one thing is I just let myself sit with some of the negativity because it's good for me. But I didn't start my page. I've seen a lot of people come Mm -hmm. to Christianity because they came through traditionalism first. So I don't think that it's impossible that someone will come to my page just because they want to figure out like how to be a better wife or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. And then they'll get the gospel. Like that's very likely to happen. Lots of people come to Christianity because they realize, well, I like traditional gender roles. Are they just this arbitrary thing that works or does it come from a source? And then they're, they're on their way to either becoming a Christian or rejecting it. Yeah. So, um, so I am very happy to have people there. Sometimes I'm like, oh, you're saying weird things in the comment section and I can't co-sign that, but whatever. Yeah. <laughs> I think most people, at least, you know, the social media, um, like well-read social media people understand that your comments aren't a reflection of you. No, I mean, they're not. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Now, how do you go about humbly and refreshingly allowing God to use you through your work? What does that look like for you? Um, yeah, I mean, I try to respond to people with, like I said earlier, with answers and something that was grown in me over time because I think when I started my like like a little misogynistic a little red pilled maybe <laughs> and I I was just like what's wrong with women like why can't they just like suck it up and just like get their act together like I really kind of thought like that and God has used all my interactions to I actually really feel like I understand why women become feminists and mm-hmm. why feminism is appealing it's I understand it, I feel like. And so now when I'm interacting with someone from that perspective, I'm like, wow, I, I don't feel like angry or upset at you at all. Like I'm, I'm like, I'm feeling some of your pain mm-hmm. and I don't think feminism is the answer. Um, and so, and so, yeah, I think yeah. that just trying, trying to hear other people, like I, I really did kind of women like a little bit. Yeah. And, like, us. and then mm-hmm. I talked to enough women. I was like, man, like some of you have been through like some horrible stuff, but you're, you're turning to feminism to cope with this and you're turning to it as an outlet and that's not helping mm-hmm. either. Um, but like, we're on the same page, like, like in terms of, we want men and women to interact in a way that is like honoring and cherishing and respectful mm-hmm. and beautiful. And I don't think feminism offers that anymore or whatever. So yeah. Yeah. Were you ever a feminist? Did no, you ever have like a little I, era? <laughs> um, I always say that like everyone has like, uh, what's the word? Um, everyone has imbibed like philosophical assumptions of feminism because we mm-hmm. live in a feminist culture. However, I remember being in like eighth grade and saying, I would not have like, like thought for this. Oh, wouldn't have heard. And I just remember saying, that in like eighth grade someone like 
giving a presentation on Gloria Steinem. And I was just like, Ugh, like, I don't like this at all. So like, I never, I never called myself a feminist. Um, mm-hmm. Like the closest, like, I, I've never call, like come close to calling myself a feminist. I just, I've acted like a feminist, like in rebellion and sin. <laughs> so mm-hmm. different, but I've never called myself one. Yeah. One of my friends in the chat says, uh, I'm a 1950s feminist. <laughs> that way, I mean, that was, that was still pretty sexual revolution kind of, I mean, not quite, but they were pretty radical even in the 1950s. Yeah. Especially when you see like all of the different threads that like bled out from there. Is there any wave of feminism that you believe had any benefit? Okay, is that Mm -hmm. if we buy all the assumptions of what feminism did, which Mm -hmm. I haven't researched this, so I don't know. It's just like a talking point of, well, feminism gave you the right to do this. Mm -hmm. And I haven't proven, like, I don't know that's true or not true. Um, Yeah. If you you believe all those assumptions, then you're like, great, I'm, I'm glad that women can have bank accounts, right? But I have yet to see it, like, for instance, what people will say is, girl, the reason you even have a platform is because of feminism. People will say that to me. My platform is basically the, my platform is basically the same as, like, if I were to write a book and women were writing books before feminism. People will say, it's because of feminism that you're able to make money. And I'm like, well, what was the Proverbs 31 woman doing? Because she was making money and she was not a feminist and she was not in the time. If you buy all their assumptions about what feminism did, but I don't mm-hmm. see that those are true. And I don't know that basic Christian values didn't accomplish for women what people give feminism the credit for. Does that make sense? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. We're definitely on the same page with that one. Yeah. It's like husbands love your wives. Like that was the standard before yeah. for Christians, before feminism. So did feminism like activate that or like teach men how to do? No, I don't. I don't believe that it did. Treating women better. There's this comment in the chat that I think that you'd especially appreciate. There was some talk about nuclear families, and then someone said it's not a family if it doesn't glow in the dark. (laughs) That's funny. Yes. Feminism actually takes everything away from what makes women special and and unique. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Um now what's the difference between being feminist and being feminine? And do you think they share any features? So uh the what I always say if someone asks me, like, okay, what does your username mean? Feminism to me is entitlement. And femininity is gratitude. And so entitlement demands and says, I'm owed this. Mm-hmm. I'm owed this in the workplace. I'm owed this in society. I'm owed this in society. That's feminism. That's like a list mm-hmm. of demands. And femininity is like humble receiving and gratitude. of Like I'm not owed anything, but I'm given so many wonderful gifts and I'm grateful. Um, and, and you can see that a person who has an entitled attitude not a very 
transparent, the graceful attitude. I think there are mm. plenty of women out there who call themselves feminists who are like lovely feminine women, like mm-hmm. because their femininity is God given. Like even if they call themselves a feminist, like they that can't be taken away from them because uh, uh, still there, like innately, right? A woman mm-hmm. has the feminine because it's God given. So I I don't think oh you're you call yourself a feminist you're not you're not feminine at all like you it's not what I think I think that it's an, an it's an attitude and it's a mindset that you have and if you live mm-hmm. with a feminist if you live with a feminist attitude then you have a position of and then if you live with a feminine mindset it's a receiving humble grateful this is what God has given me it's not mm-hmm. to say like there aren't things that we should require as women um yeah require um it's but it's it's like the spirit it's like it's like the attitude that you live your life with because if you notice like Mm -hmm. feminism now is coming up with if you go to feminist it's on instagram it's just the feminist page Mm -hmm. the kinds of oh yeah i think i've seen problems yeah. yeah the kinds of problems and injustices that they're trying to fight I'm like, what? Like, your yeah, tampon okay. isn't absorbent enough, and that's like, like that's a climate justice issue. Like, it gets, it's insane. Like, so yeah, that's entitlement. And that's then, like, absolutely. And then trying to lump all of like they they'll say feminism, but what they'll really mean is like racial, socioeconomic justice for all, free Palestine, right, everything. right. And you're like, that's it's not that thing. And then right. they'll get mad at you when you spell women with like an e. <laughs> right, like women like J.K. Rowling. Like I'm like I would mm-hmm. consider her an actual feminist. Um, she, but they hate her because she's not intersectional. She's like, no, women are women. And so to be a feminist means to advocate for biological women. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, Now, when it comes to, we have a uh, comment in the chat that says, but I think saying that it's just an attitude is dangerous when it comes to like being feminine. And that's exactly what many LGBTQIA LMNOP would say. Yeah. Well, I'm not saying that that's the extent of it. Mm. Um, it's it's my shorthand way of uh, feminism demands. Mm. Does that look like, looks like receive all that God has made you, right? And not demanding to be someone else. Like, I receive my feminine... Uh, desires and my feminine like curves and my feminine way of like talking to others rather than demanding Mm -hmm. that uh like rather than charging god with wrong that you know i was born in the wrong body or something like that so like yes it's it's more than that attitude it's a lifestyle to be feminine it's not saying i always embody very well Um, but i think it just Mm -hmm. starts with like your posture of heart towards if you're like, there's a quote, my friend says, she says, femininity is the essence of what a woman is when she's not at war with being a woman. And I think that, I love that so much. Are you, what's your posture of heart towards being a woman, a woman, like you surrendered to being a woman. Mm -hmm. 
because like the begins with like accepting that I'm not a man and that is good and that mm-hmm. is glorious to be a woman. So I would agree with this comment. Like, yeah, if you stop at it, it's just an attitude. Like we can all be feminine. Then, then it falls short. That makes sense. Now I, because of my platform, I have some, you know, I get a lot of people in my DMs as well. And one of the things that I hear a lot from younger women is that they think that being, you know, leaning into femininity requires being some form of high maintenance, being that girly girl and doing all of the things. What do you think about that? Um, no, I don't think it requires being high maintenance. Said, I think, okay, in my own personal femininity journey, I actually have mm. become more nice. I'm still very low maintenance. Like, I'm, I'm not wearing makeup. I just jumped in the shower and, you know, my hair is whatever. Yeah. But Your hair I looks think cute. what it is is that. Thanks. Um, yeah. I, um, as I've embraced being a woman and being mm. feminine, I've been okay, like, with myself having, like, silly little desires. Like, mm. I just want to get my nails done or, like, whatever. And so I think women can be afraid of being that person. Like, if I'm feminine, like, I'm going to be high maintenance and I'm going to I'm gonna be a girly girl. And, and I'm saying maybe if you do embrace your femininity, you'll find yourself, like, enjoying all these, like, little simple things in life that you told yourself, like, you shouldn't enjoy before. Um, Absolutely. But then you'll find your little spot. And I, I'm still finding my little spot. Like, I just started wearing mm-hmm. makeup about a year ago again after not wearing I really don't wear that. I'm wearing it sometimes. Um, yeah. I got my nails done for, like, the second time in my life, like, last year. And I was like, I actually hate having, like, acrylics. And Yeah. Um, but I tried I taught out. myself how to do, like, all the nail tech stuff and yeah yeah so I don't think like being being low maintenance is a badge of honor and I don't think being high maintenance is is a bad thing but if you give yourself permission to like have silly little feminine desires you might find like you'll find your sweet spot exactly I think it's definitely about learning to embrace the simple pleasures it is and like uh as long as you're staying within like financial wisdom and yeah for sure have fun girl like like I'm not when I was more masculine I was Mm -hmm. very like when my husband and I started dating uh don't bring me flowers which now that I'm like so much more healed with my relationship with my femininity I'm like I would love flowers flowers are beautiful but at the time it was just like anything that like came across like too much Mm. that was that was and and so no I'm like whatever if if it's it's it probably won't land on a an obnoxious high maintenance thing if you're just trying to figure out your own groove yeah it's really funny that you say that thing about not bringing you flowers because of the fact that (laughs) I actually told my husband when we first started dating not to bring me flowers because I would get so sad when they died and I wasn't good at like doing all of the flower tending aspects of them. So right. they would like, die way too quickly. 
And then I would feel super guilty that I hadn't nurtured them enough. And then I would also feel like he was wasting his money because of the fact that they had died so quickly. (laughs) And so it just got me into like this cycle of guilt when I should have just enjoyed them for what they were, what it was a token of and everything. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, totally. Like uh, things can be useless and temporary and still be good and worthwhile. And I was kind of a utilitarian, like... I was like, well, if you're going to get me something, it needs to have a purpose. Like, that's a very masculine way of thinking. That was not very feminine. Like, even my ring. Like, I, I want to get, like, a different ring. Like, because my ring was all about utility and function. Mm-hmm. And now that I'm more feminine, I'm like, I want, like, something really pretty. <laughs> like, so, yeah. is that high maintenance? Uh it's more high maintenance than I was for sure. But that's just cause I'm like allowing myself to, to, to be a woman and to have fun and to like beauty. Exactly. And like dress. It's great. Um, one of those questions is I, what's your view on cosmetic surgery slash procedures just to take the subject a bit more forward and further? I think that if you like, are disfigured or something like that and you're restoring yourself to what you looked like before like more how god made you or like whatever all about that um i feel like breast reductions have their place if someone is so large that it's like impairing their ability to like like they're having back pain Mm -hmm. i don't really see an issue with that other than that i feel uh very weird about doing anything that alters it's not it's not like i'm altered like when i put on makeup i'm not and i contour like mm-hmm. like that's not invasive it will be wiped off and yeah i wouldn't i don't like no i think for for like reasonable situations pain or disfiguring <laughs> or something like that yeah. One of um one of the friends in the chat says there's a difference between I want to get a huge wart removed and I want a bigger butt or boobs. Right. And if you want like if you want a bigger butt, like you can also work out, I guess. Like I don't know because I've never really I don't know. Um I haven't tested it, but <laughs> um I hear <laughs> that like you can really grow your booty or whatever. So like, put in work. Like, that's more. That's, like, more impressive if you, like, put in the work yeah. to have a big butt. And then Versus going the Nicki Minaj style of things. Right. And, I, honestly, it's going to be out of style. Uh, yeah. Eventually. And the majority of men know anyways. It's a thing. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. No, like, I, I, I can understand, like, I used to have an eating disorder, and I was very, like, obsessed with what my body looked like, so I can understand feeling, having, you know, issues, but um, I find that if you nourish yourself well, and you're getting enough nutrients, like, I don't know, I feel like your features, like, they do their own Botox, like, lips mm-hmm. are fuller, and your skin is clearer, like, like good nutrition, sunlight, uh, managing your stress, like it's its own kind of beauty treatment. Mm-hmm. 
So absolutely. And just now in chat, yes, you can work out and get a bigger butt, all in caps. So you know it's scientific. You know it's scientific when it's all in go. caps. It's it's, it's scientific. Um, yeah. I don't make I the don't rules. Really <laughs> Sorry, you all know I have a cat, and he was just doing some cat stuff. I think he was trying to find the tunnels. <laughs> Did he find the tunnels? No, he's in the <laughs> wrong part of <laughs> he's in the wrong part of New England for the tunnels. <laughs> um, so now, kind of leaning into like mar the marriage and motherhood conversation that. I had some questions about for you. How has faith influenced how you show up in marriage and in motherhood? Mm -hmm. uh, in every way. I mean, if I was not a Christian, my marriage would be like about, uh, I, okay, this is how I see the world being marriage. And I can see how I would very much have the same perspective if I was not a Christian. Mm -hmm. It's two people that get married because they see that the other person is uh, conducive to their own personal goals and mm -hmm. their own personal self-actualization. So, you know, as long as you push me ahead in life, we'll get married. And when you cease to uh, provide that pushing ahead that I want, then we don't need to be together, you know? So I think it's kind yeah. of transactional. Um, and that's an attitude I don't want to have in my marriage. I want to have an attitude of, um, I'm, my husband's helper um, doesn't mean I don't have hobbies. Doesn't mean that like he doesn't do anything for me. That's mm -hmm. not what it's it's talking about. But I, I didn't get married thinking like either he's got to, you know, work towards my goal or like, we're just going to do our separate goals, but encourage each other. Like, no, like I'm, I, I'm getting on his team now. Yeah. And that partnership uh, is so important. Like, yeah. And like his, his vision is going to guide our family. Um, he might need me to let him in, actually, speaking of him. Um, oh, let me just open the door one second. I'll be right back. Okay, dokes. Now is a great time for me to tell you about one of my favorite things. Do you want a delicious brew that shares your values, too? Look no further than North Arrow Coffee. North Arrow Coffee is a pro-life veteran-owned business. I am proud to have as a sponsor. Not only do they have a delicious, superior product, they also pledge to donate at least 15% of their sales to organizations that support and advocate for the pre-born, help families facing crisis pregnancies, and offer healing to those who have been affected by abortion in a gospel-centered way. Order North Arrow Coffee today. You can do so by going to northarrowcoffee.co. And when you use code FRIDA, F-R-E-D-A, you'll save 10% off your first order. And I have some exciting news. I'm not exactly supposed to share it quite yet. But North Arrow Coffee is going to be expanding, and they do hope to expand to Canada for my Canadian audience. You good? I'm back. <laughs> My husband just got. <laughs> just wanted to make sure. Um, so 
speaking of that, what did it mean to you to be led spiritually? And when you first, like, versus when you first got married versus, you know, compared to what that looks like now? Because I saw you yeah. posted about it on Instagram and I was thoroughly obsessed. Yeah. I was like, yes, girl, yeah. preach. <laughs> um, can you charge this? I don't know. I'll talk about that. Um, I had idea of, and I think a lot of women have this idea that being led spiritually is my husband is like Mr. Theologian, um, or he's, uh, thank you. Um, uh there we go. Are we back? Okay, sweet. Um, if we have this idea that like, he's Mr. Theologian, like he's super spiritual Maybe they, they, okay. they, dynamic of like emotionalism to what it means to be spiritual. Mm -hmm. And then, or he has to like lead us through the catechism and, and the Bible and prayer every single night and, or he's not spiritually leading. And I guess I didn't really think that when I got married, like, I didn't think like, I didn't have a specific, I didn't have a specific, like he has to do X, Y, and Z, but I guess I thought maybe more along that typical line of thinking of like being led is, is a lot more like emotional. Um, and now I just see spiritual leadership as like um, taking accountability for your actions. It's not that it's not mm -hmm. leading the, the family in prayer and Bible reading, but it's also taking accountability for your actions. It's also like, willing to say i'm sorry i was wrong it's being willing to like it's what you are supposed to do even if it's not comfortable and i think that yeah miss those other parts because they're looking like a hyper emotional kind of duality and they don't realize mm -hmm. like he works really hard and he's really like he's kind to me and um like really attentive to my needs that's that's like a a, a leadership because that's loving your wife as Christ loves the church, which is what they're commanded to do. Absolutely. So um, I don't see it as being nearly as emotionally charged as I probably did before. That was one of the things that really attracted me to my husband before either one of us were particularly religious, because I just saw all of the qualities I'd grown up hearing about, you know, that were Christ-like. And I'm like, yes, this and then yeah it just grew more and more from there yeah and now that we are actually you know religious we're you know christians and doing the whole christian thing and like reading the bible and doing all you know we're both somewhat new like right within right. the past bit but still like stepping into that seeing how he does that so well and so like amazingly just building on characteristics he already had is one right. of the things that's just been so beautiful in my own marriage that's awesome that's really awesome many women though do struggle with submission why do you think this is and what would your advice be to a woman wanting to get better at this facet be uh the reason is because of genesis 3 um where it's you know, after the, the after Adam and Eve fall, and the world is mm -hmm. plunged into sin, and it says, 
uh, but he should roll over you. And um, there's many different views on that verse. Um, so I'm not yeah. going to get into that. Um, yeah. But I believe that that it's because he, like God is saying negative things right now. Like he's saying like your pain and child. It doesn't seem like he's saying something like positive in the sense that like, because people will be like, oh, you're going to just desire your husband. That's that's not a curse and that's not a result of the fall, right? So um, mm. I believe it's saying, you know, you're you're going to want to take the place of your husband, but he'll roll over you and that's going to be a source of struggle. So that's why it's hard to submit because like it's, it's in our DNA as daughters of Eve. Like our first mother had it, like passed it on to us. So, um, now if you have the Holy spirit, like that, you don't have mm. to, um, that doesn't have to be the final say. Um, and I would say that first recognizing that, um, and, uh, it's, it's, it's a, it's a muscle that you practice. Like mm-hmm. you don't just wake up one day and say, well, I'm just going to be submissive today. You have to practice stretching the muscle and working mm-hmm. it out so that it can get stronger every time. And you will be very, very sore the first time you stretch it. But an example yeah. would be you, um, uh, your husband says like, I don't know. Uh, I think that we should move, um, to a place, um, to save on rent or something like that. And you're like, uh, mm-hmm. we have three kids. Like we need to be in this, but like your first, initial reaction is going to be to dispute, but yep, digging your heels in, right. To dig your heels in you, what you could do is say, okay, um, I will submit to you you make because I trust you. Can I share my thoughts on this? Like that, that's still your mind, but it's doing it in a way that's, that's still submitting to your husband. And so I try to Mm -hmm. practice that. Like he says something and months is like, and then I'm like, I will respect and submit to whatever decision you make. Can I yeah. share what I think about this? And I'm just telling you that'll be way better received. It's like, oh, well, she's gonna, she's gonna listen to me. So like, I need to listen to her. So, yeah. Sometimes I aim for the kind of like, I know you have this covered, but may I please make a suggestion? Yeah, and so it's not and that's you know, totally putting him fine. on the defensive. It's like, here, let me help you. I know you totally have it covered because you and God always work all this, like all things out to His glory. But also at the same time, too, I may be seeing something that you're not exactly like not like zeroing in on. Right, right. Because you are given to Him to help Him, and it would not be fair to Him or to you to not use that God given helpership in decision making exactly and i'm thankful that i'm married to a very efficient man who loves to use his resources amazing (laughs) (laughs) now there was one thing that i wanted to get into um that i saw on your instagram if you guys aren't following um Yes, chat reminds me that I actually do have an article coming out with the um, U.S. Daily Press, sorry, the American Daily Press, about giving feedback. So that will be coming out soon. I sent it off to the editor tonight, so we'll see what needs to be made, switched up, whatever, but that will be coming out within probably 
sometime this month. Um, but where was I going with this? Oh, yes, on your Instagram. <laughs> Sorry, it's been a day. Um, why do you think that some people believe that singleness is spiritually superior to getting married and raising children? Uh, I think that, so did you see my recent post on that too? Yeah, I did. Yeah. I think the reason that I believed that was because I couldn't conceive of how, um, marriage could be sanctifying. Like I I couldn't Mm -hmm. even like, it felt like a cop out. And I think I was kind of thinking like, well, you don't have to like, like you get to have sex whenever you want. And like, I think I was just like thinking it was like, kind of like carnal (laughs) and Mm -hmm. um, that if you like suppress and deny yourself physical urges as a single person, like you're objectively walking the the holier, higher road. Um, Mm -hmm. And that marriage doesn't require you to die to yourself in the way that singleness does, which is not true. Like, yeah, you can have sex when you're married, but you have to die to yourself in a lot of other ways that's frankly harder than like not having sex. Like, um, yeah. <laughs> and so I think that I just had almost like a Gnostic medieval Catholic, like, I don't even know, like, um, like a monastic view almost. And it's just funny cause I grew up Baptist. So I don't know where I got that, but, um, I guess I just saw it as like carnal <laughs> and I didn't really see, I never was the girl that grew up like wanting to have kids. Um, mm-hmm. So, and I was never in my church culture, it was never like, oh, having a family is like the best thing you can do in the kingdom. Like no one said that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, So I I had no reason to think it was. I was just like, yeah, that's what average people do, but I'm not average. Like I'm special and I'm going to be single and Mm -hmm. I'm not going to, you know, like. Yeah. So I I went through a variation of that myself where because of the fact that I was an orphan, I and I grew up as a Jehovah's Witness, um, I kind of fell for, like, a lot of, like, their brainwashy teachings. And I was like, oh, I'm just going to wait until paradise, until my parents get resurrected, and then, then I'll get married, and I'll be fine. Wow. That's yeah. very future thinking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that thankfully wow. did not last long when I had an arranged marriage sprung on me, and then escape that escape the call and then I found my husband yeah there's a lot there that you and I could get into I'm an open book yeah I was like anything at any time if you have a podcast (laughs) on your testimony then you need to send that to me yeah yes I do um for those of you who may be new around here as well I have it um it was in the first season so make sure you subscribe to the channel and then um you'll be able to see it my friend Sarah interviewed me Cool. Okay. Awesome. That sounds really interesting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was, it was pretty crazy. Um, but yes, so I know that we ha- are going to be wrapping things up real quick, but there are a couple Twitter questions. So yeah, sure. sure. would you like to say to close us out in prayer? And then we will go into, um, the Twitter section for that. Sure. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you. Dear Father in heaven, Lord, thank you for this conversation. Thank you for um, my guest and her kindness and her hospitality. Um, thank you for the nurse here today, Lord. I pray that you would bless them. And I pray that we would live the things that we 
preach, Lord, that we would not be um, just hearers of the word, that we would be doers. Help me to live the things that I've talked about. Um, by the power of your Holy Spirit, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you so much for that beautiful prayer. And thank you, everybody, for tuning in. We will be right back with our Rumble section. So, well, with our Twitter section. So make sure if you are, are watching on YouTube or Twitter that you hop on over to Rumble because that is where it's at. That's the main channel that we do here. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, kindly do me a favor and leave me a five-star rating on your favorite podcast app. My podcast is available wherever you can listen, and it's also available live on Rumble on Tuesday evenings at 7 p.m. Eastern. I hope you can join us in whatever format works best for you. Please tell somebody that you care about about this episode so that I can spread my work and encourage more people. And remember, stay based and stay blessed.